what's up, guys? I'm Norb. And I'm Mike. And we're The Watchmen. The men who watch. If it's on a screen, we're watching it and sharing our thoughts about it with you guys. So today we are going to talk about our top five CG animated kids films. Yeah, this is going to be fun. But before we get started, if you like what we're doing, hit that like button. And don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. And that way you will catch every single episode we have in the future. All right, Mike, let's do this thing. Okay, so uh, we'll start with my top five. And actually, my fifth movie is one that I saw with you. And it's about a green ogre. Do you know what that movie is? <laughs> Get out of my swamp! Good choice, you know, that's good Mike choice. Mike Myers impression yep. there. That's Shrek, <laughs> and I have that on my list as well. However, I have Shrek at number two, but uh, I had ranked a little higher. But yeah, what did you like about Shrek at your number five? Well, again, when I pick the movies on my list, I'm trying to pick something that, that not only is a good movie, but it also does something a little different or evolves the genre a bit. And Shrek is definitely that movie because... It, it was unconventional and different. And, and one case in point to that is I remember so vividly being in the theater with you, Norb, and it was the part where the princess starts singing the really high notes and the, the bird starts basically expanding to a big balloon and then bang, just pops yep. and dies. <laughs> and I remember I said in the theater, I said, that is so wrong. And you responded and said, that is so right. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. That was good. Yeah, so, that- again, that was a moment that I thought, this is not just an animated kids film. This is different. And then you can just add how great Eddie Murphy was as Donkey. And, again, what can you say? The movie spawned, like, five more and, and a musical. So... Yeah, that's my thoughts on Shrek. Yeah, yeah, Shrek was great. Yeah, uh, Eddie Murphy was awesome. I remember it felt like he'd been kind of out of it for a while, I think, and but then he came back and reprised his comic relief again in, in the donkey character, which was great. But Mike Myers uh, was just uh, he was he was you know had so many great comedy hits at that time. But I think Shrek really you know put him up there as far as just kind of reaching out to the world but he was great he was a perfect cast and uh, of course princess fiona with cameron diaz uh, that was just a great combination but it, it was just so um it was so uh, crude and unapologetic in its humor and it just every time it, it, instead of doing what would be the sort of cliche or convention in normal animation and went the other way and did something completely the opposite that was what made it so so funny so yeah good choice good and choice. lord farquad is john lithgow playing that part is a short little man of course just bringing on some funny short jokes there yep. are those who think very little of him <laughs> yeah <laughs> men of his stature are in short supply i love too just the fact that they pulled in all these different uh nursery rhyme characters you know from the three pigs to pinocchio and so you had all these cameos from all these different characters and they all had their own little unique spin on the nursery rhyme story brought into this modern cynical humorous version so yeah mm-hmm. that was great so here's my number five is one that I know we both shared a special uh, connection with is The Croods. And The Croods is a 
It was such a fun movie. It had Nicolas Cage, Emma Stone, and Ryan Reynolds, and it takes place in the prehistoric caveman days, if you haven't seen it yet. And it's about their trying to survive uh, what looks like could be the end of the world coming. And the dad just wants to stay hidden in the cave while the daughter wants to go and try to survive by going out and seeing what the rest of the world has to offer. And it's this really touching story between, you know, the protective father and the daughter who wants to go out and, you know, go away from her safe place. And it's uh, really funny and, and actually got me really emotional at one point. Just the whole father-daughter connection hit me right here. So I got very teary-eyed at one point. So that was the one that uh, was number five on my list. You know, I don't even have daughters, and I got emotional too. And I have you to thank for seeing that because I had no interest in that movie. Once again, I saw. I thought the trailer was made it look kind of just boring. I, I had no interest, and you said it's really good. You should go see it. So I took my, my oldest son, Brett, and uh, I remember thinking, this is so good. Hmm. And I loved how they had the football scene where they had the, the USC marching band playing the drums, and it was so fun. Yeah, yeah that open and, when uh, they're trying to get the, I think it was the egg, right? When they trying to get an egg and everybody's yeah. chasing after it? But yeah, the music was, you just hadn't heard a marching band no. score before, and they did a great job of making it. Yeah, like football with in a prehistoric days with an egg. And it it did have the USC marching band. It was like the snare drums. Yeah, it was very creative. I remember watching this like what this this is very unique. Yeah, I got emotional in that movie a couple of times, and that is definitely that's actually my honorable mention. So I will just throw that in there right there. So we had an honorable mention on our list, and the Crudes is mine. So thanks, Norb, for. Tell me to see that one, otherwise I wouldn't have gone. All right, well, maybe for some of you who missed it, you should go check that one out. It's, it's worth a watch. So, number four, Mike, what's, what's on your number four list? So, number four is a movie about Legos. <laughs> Happens to be called The Lego Movie. Uh, again, this is a film that not only was just a really terrific story, it dealt with Legos, but it hit on so many things home for me as a Lego collector about what it means to collect and build something that most of us have done our whole life. I mean, it, you may not play with Legos now, but you probably played with them as a kid. They've been around for a long time. And again, the movie had a scene, where, a surprise. Again, older movie, so uh, it gets into the real world. Uh, so there's a, a mix of the Lego world and the real world of real, real people. And again, it's a touching thing about a father and a son and what it means to build. And the son is all about just creating whatever you want to create. The father is about, we must follow the instructions. And I loved how they, they played on that. And uh, it had just some super funny moments, laugh out loud moments for me. Uh, Liam Neeson was just a terrific bad cop character. And of course, being a lover of space and sci-fi, I loved Benny. Benny, the the spaceman, and all he wanted to do was just build a spaceship to help. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie uh, as well. It, it it wasn't on my top list, and I think a big part of that is the fact that you've got two boys, I've got two girls. My girls had no interest in Legos at all. I grew up 
playing with them. So I had my own special connection with the film. But so many of these movies on our list have to do with what we experienced with our kids. And while we went and saw the movie and the girls enjoyed it, it just didn't have the same connection. It wasn't like we were going to go home and build a bunch of Legos inspired by the movie. So it didn't have the same resonance uh, with me. But it had nothing to do with the movie itself. I, I enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun. I like the unique way that they did the animation. It wasn't CG full-on motion. It had that kind of pseudo stop-motion, pseudo-CG in combined in a way that fit perfectly for a Lego movie, the blockiness and kind of how clunky things would move. Uh, but I think that just added to the charm of it. So uh, good choice. Just not on my list, though. All right. So on my number four of my list, I've got The Prince of Egypt. And this is a movie that I, I just it's fresh in my mind because I just, just watched it again with my daughters. They wanted to watch it. So we, we pulled it out and, 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 and uh, saw it. And this is a movie that kind of transcends both. Uh, it, it represents a time where we, I believe we saw this together back in our roommate days, back in when it came out a long time ago. And then I rediscovered it again later with my kids. And this is uh, just, uh, this is a really good movie because obviously the, it tells the story of, of Moses and the Ten Commandments and the, and the slaves being freed uh, from Egypt. Uh, so just the whole story, it's, it's a great way for kids to be introduced to all that in the form of an entertaining animation show. But it's got really good songs. Um, Val Kilmer plays Moses and uh, it's just a really... It's funny as well, so it, it's, it tells the, uh, it's a great way to tell this uh, story out of the Bible, and it has a, a really cool scene in it where they they depict how the uh, Egyptians got rid of uh, 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 all the uh, all the, the slaves and, and kind of controlled them by the basically sort of the Hebrews by feeding them to the alligators, but they did it in a way that was done with animated hieroglyphics, which was really cool at the time. And I remember that's a moment I think you really. Thought it stood out at the time when uh, when yeah. we watched it. Yep, I really liked that scene. It was it had a CG feel, <clears throat> traditional style. I really liked the moving camera during that that whole telling the story uh, in a way that was you know made it made it you know ch child friendly, but still covering some pretty deep themes and and uh, you know bad part of history there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, that was that movie was not on my list, but but I can't have every movie on my list. I love that movie. <laughs> It's a great movie. Great songs. It's, it's it's hard to make this uh, these lists always to just five because there's so many you have to say no to. But I guess uh, yeah, that one that one made it in. Let's just recently saw it, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. So, number yep. three, what you got? So number three is a movie that's not too old, and the reason I picked this one is because not only is it a great story, it's got great characters, uh, but it covered a bit of history, and that is the Peanuts movie. With Charlie Brown, Lucy, Snoopy, Woodstock, The Peanuts Gang. Again, The Peanuts comic strip has been around longer than we've been alive. And growing up, I used to read The Peanuts comic strip in the paper. I had all kinds of Charlie Brown books. Uh, I love Charlie Brown. And when they were going to do a new animated Charlie Brown movie where they made all the Charlie Brown characters CG and 3D, I was skeptical. Uh, I wasn't sure how that would play out, and it played out beautifully. And what was awesome about that movie is how well they tied in all the old comics from the stories we'd read, whether it's Snoopy and the Red Baron, him typing on his typewriter, a dark, it was a dark and stormy night, the kite-eating tree, uh, Lucy holding the football, Charlie Brown's crush on the little red-haired girl, 
they they brought in everything that we knew and and put it together in a two-hour modern story and it had some great songs soundtrack uh megan trainer uh the dancing song just 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 a fun fun song you can't help but tap your feet to that so again i picked this movie as my number three because not only was it a great movie but what a great job they did incorporating uh, something from a long time ago and something we grew up in to make it a modern story that works. I I saw this movie. Uh, I think I saw it in the theater, but I've only seen it once. And the thing about uh, uh, Peanuts growing up, I I watched all the uh, you know TV animated shows, read the comics, uh, but these are one of these things where again. Well, my kids, there was just they never really connected with Charlie Brown. It was, they watched a couple of those episodes, but they were just not as much into it. So we saw it, but this one came in and left like a blip on the radar. So there's not a whole lot I remember about this movie, to be honest with you. Other than I thought, so let me ask you a question. Let me let me ask you a question real quick. Me the same way. Is is yeah. what you're saying that if your kids aren't into it, you're not into it? Uh, obviously, not every case. But what what it is is that the movies that my kids really connect to, we obviously end up usually buying them and watching them over and over and over again. And that does have a lot to do with whether a movie has that long-lasting sort of uh, connect appeal. And so, yeah, I mean, as much as they don't determine whether I like it, but if it is a show that they just love, you know, by osmosis, I end up watching it multiple times as well. So, uh, you know, but even that movie, it just... It wasn't one I went and watched and thought, oh, I need to take this home. It just didn't connect with me that way. So I enjoyed it. It was like, okay, I saw it. We're done. But, you know, not every movie is going to connect the same way as others. Not that it's a bad movie. It just didn't have that connection and didn't have the residual afterwards. But that's okay, you know. I I did enjoy it at the time I saw it. I just don't remember a whole lot about it. Well, I'm waiting to hear what movie on your list where you say, you know, my kids hated this movie, but I loved it. It was so good. I'm waiting for that. I don't think I have anything on this list that they didn't like just because... These to me, these are all good movies. Um, others could be discussed like that, but in my number three, I've got Monsters Inc. Now, this movie really needs no introduction. I think probably most of you have seen this movie. It's a fantastic uh, animated story about. Mike. We've got uh, Sully, Mike, the evil Randall, and of course, it's a story about what happens in the monster world when all the kids go to bed and they're afraid of monsters at night. Well, it's those monsters from the other side of the world in their own universe coming through their closets and scaring them so that they can generate electricity for their world. Brilliant story, brilliant idea of how to relate the the monsters side of things to what kids experience and what happens when the two worlds collide. And uh, this movie was was hilarious. It had uh, just great creativity in terms of coming up with sort of a, a monster world perspective of what how their world functions in the way that we can relate to as as, uh, as kids being afraid of monsters and uh, I just thought it was such a great movie one that we I think a lot of quotes from this movie that we also made fun of back when it came out so does this make your list Mike this did not make my list but did it's not. a good movie wow okay nope oh. Uh, you know, I will add, what's sad about this is usually Pixar could do pretty good with the sequels, but this movie had a such a forgettable sequel in Monsters University. So forgettable, which is too bad because they did better on sequels than some of their other franchises. Yeah, I, I didn't dislike it as, as much as I think you did. 
Uh, but clearly did not hold up to what the first one was. The first one was great. The, the theme park ride they made out of it was great. But uh, again, one that I've seen many, many, many times uh, with my kids as well. So number three on my list. So moving on to my number two, uh, we're still in the world of Pixar, and it's going to have to be Toy Story. Which is <clears throat> number one on my list. So my list is all out there. Number one, you're number two. <laughs> Well, Toy Story was one that you and I saw together, <clears throat> and I remember seeing it with you, and it was really the first time to see a fully CG animated film, 100%. And uh, we had seen many Pixar shorts over the years leading up to that, and so we knew they were doing something, but I had no idea how incredible it was going to be from just the, the music and the story and the songs. and. You know, bringing back memories of toys, what they meant to us as a kid, having Sid, the bad kid, uh, who who did bad things to toys. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. It's fun. funny. It's funny speaking of Sid. Uh, when we watched it with our buddies, because as soon as the kid showed, they showed Sid blowing up toys and him celebrating. All my buddies were like. That's Norb! Because <laughs> I, I did some crazy cool stuff to little things back uh, when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, definitely could relate to that one. But it was, yeah, I think the the other thing that was so cool about that was seeing all of our old toys making cameo appearances. The the barrel of the monkeys, the army, the little army man with the little plastic, you know, nubs at the, at the edges. All those things were stuff that we played with. So everything in the kids' toy room was something we either had ourselves or saw it in one of our kindergarten classes or at a friend's house. So it was like this throwback to all the toys we grew up playing with. So, yeah, so uh, so much fun. I, I do have one major flaw that I, to this day, I feel like hasn't been drawn enough attention to with the entire Toy Story franchise, which, by the way, is one of the best complete franchises, I think, from, from beginning to end, didn't suffer from bad sequels in this show. But the one thing that has always bugged me is the fact that it starts with Buzz Lightyear, right? He doesn't believe he's a toy. He believes he's a real space ranger in this alien world. But of course, the toys all know when the adults show up, oh, everybody, stop moving, and they just freeze, right? And they go back into toy mode. Well, Buzz Lightyear doesn't believe he's a toy. However, every time an adult or somebody from the real world walks in, he also freezes, and he shouldn't, because he should think there's a big monster alien coming in. He should be trying to shoot it with his laser or something. But instead, he freezes, too, and acts like nothing's going on. And that really should never happen. Because if you don't believe you're a toy, you shouldn't behave by the rules that the toys all follow in. It's always been one of those unexplained things that just subconsciously bugged me, but didn't affect the fact that I still love the series. Mike, am I crazy, or do I have a good point here? <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue with you. I think I just kind of accepted it as as the rules of of their their universe so they but i can't a, I, I can't know. come up with a reason why so which means yeah. i'm right <laughs> for now <laughs> all right well my list is exhausted so that leaves you with what's left number one i'm dying to know what this is i i bet you're really wondering i bet you you just have no idea what my number one could be i thought i would have hit one already but i'm, I'm surprised i really don't know well, this is gonna this is gonna I think make Norb do some thinking. But my number one is a tale as old as time, true as it can be, barely even friends, then oh, somebody yes. bends unexpectedly. Beauty and the Beast, everybody. 
Now, the reason Beauty and the Beast is my number one, there's, there's a number of reasons, but Beauty and the Beast was actually the first, I believe, first or one of the first movies to combine traditional and CG. And since I know we'll do a top five on traditional, but as far as a top five on when they were combining, that, that would be hard to do because it was really just a transitionary period in animation. And Beauty and the Beast used 3D animation for parts of it, like the chandeliers, the chandelier ballroom scene, the entire background was done in CG, the Be Our Guest uh, song number, the plates and forks and and dancing around, those were all CG too. They were they were made to look like hand-drawn, but they were actually CG uh, 3D objects used with a computer. And so Beauty and the Beast not only is a great movie, but I believe it's an important place in our history because of that transitionary period, not just actually with this computer graphics themselves, but actually I also feel in the songwriting. Um, uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken were a new songwriting duo for Disney at the time. They'd done Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast was their second. But I remember when I was watching this movie, the Gaston song, there's a line where where LeFou says, not a bit of him straggly or scrawny, and Gaston says, that's right, and every last inch of me's covered with hair, and he opens up his shirt to reveal all this chest hair, and I remember thinking, this is not the old Disney I grew up with. They would never <laughs> have a line like that in Cinderella or Snow White. So mm -hmm. to me, Beauty and the Beast represented a, a transition also in, in animated storytelling. And I thought that was a hilarious line. I think it is funny that they cut that line out of the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast that just came out a couple years ago. I guess they maybe decided that that was, you know, not appropriate. I don't know. But I thought that line was hilarious. And it was different and not typical. So in a nutshell, that's why I picked Beauty and the Beast as my number one. Yeah. All right. Well, I can see that. I definitely love the music in that show. And, yeah, thanks for reminding me about the CG uh, that was pretty cutting edge at the time. Some of those sweeping ballroom shots you could never have done with uh, handheld or hand-drawn uh, animation. So I remember thinking uh, some breathtaking shots that only CG could could perform. And we were just starting to see what CG could do in the world of animation at that time. So yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So what about uh, our... We've, I know we always have the uh, uh, <coughs> honorable mention. Which I've already... Mine was the crude, so... Oh, that's right. So it's, uh, yeah, you can finish out with your honorable mention. Well, honorable mention, uh, for me, it was, it was really tough because um, I, I thought about ones that were running up for that, that final spot. You know, Cars, Zootopia, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Snow White, Ponyo. But the one that I had on there that I ended up bumping off was the movie Tangled. Mm. Tangled was uh, another movie which, again, it doesn't... It's not normally kind of put at the top of one's list when they think of princess movies. But for me, it was one of my favorite of all the princess movies. Uh, great music, uh, great characters, and the, uh, the story at the end when it all wraps up got the waterworks going for me. Again, it was one of those ones I could probably watch over and over, and that scene near the end always gets me. And it just... Uh, Anytime a movie can get me like that, is it's it's always got to put it up there. So it didn't quite make top five, but it was my honorable mention. The movie Tangled. So 
that's it for the uh, list of the animated movies. But now I'm looking forward to your uh, surprise here. What you got? Okay, so my surprise is based on one of the movies in my top five. Since uh, the Lego movie was my number four, I felt it appropriate to briefly talk about my love of Legos in the in the in honor of this film. And so, being someone who's been into Lego since he was a kid, I have two Lego sets to share with you. The first is this is actually the very first Lego set I ever owned. Uh, from the late 70s, the Galaxy Explorer, and you can even see the 20, oops, wrong hand, the $29.99 Fred Meyer price tag. <laughs> what a deal. But uh, this represents the old Legos from, from the late 70s. They're a lot different these days. But what I thought was cool about this is in the Lego movie, uh, my favorite character, Benny, of course, the spaceman, the whole time he wants to build a spaceship. And he keeps saying, can I build a spaceship? And they all say, no, no, no. And at the end they said, you know what, Benny, you can build it. And he goes, oh, 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 spaceship! And he goes bananas, and he builds this amazing spaceship, and then he just keeps screaming over and over, spaceship! 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 And it was so funny. And so what's great is they came out with actually Benny's spaceship for the actual Lego movie sets that were tied into the film. Nice. And you can see Benny right there. He is so happy. And, and that's what he was like the whole movie. And he finally got to build a spaceship. And what I think is cool about this ship is they kept the elements of my old Lego space and things like that, that uh, artwork there. But uh, this this is just to me what what ties everything together in my life for Legos and space. So with that, that is the surprise of the show. All right, uh, that's pretty cool, man. Well, that wraps up our. All he top can say five. is pretty cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> all he can say. Well, you said it all, and I don't have any Lego sets. He has so. no Legos, so he can just say that's pretty it's cool, man. Pretty sad. Next. It's a world that I don't get to tinker with. But this wraps up our top five CG animated kids movies. If there's a movie or a TV show or anything that you'd like us to talk about in a future episode, please say so in the comments. I'm Norb. And I'm Mike. And we are The Watchmen. The Men Who Watch. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching The Watchmen. Please click on here to watch other episodes and be sure to hit that like button too. And please subscribe and hit that notification bell. That way you'll always be alerted to any future episodes. It really helps us out and we appreciate it. We'll see you next time. And remember, we'll be watching.